There have been a lot of great hockey players over the years. Legends, both on and off the ice. The Overtime Podcast checks in with some of hockey's biggest names and talks about what these great players are up to today. Welcome to the Overtime Podcast. Here's your host, Gino Retta. Hey, hockey fans. Welcome to the 7-Eleven Overtime Podcast. I'm your host, Gino Retta. You know, I've spent over four decades working in the game of hockey, fortunate enough to meet some of the legends of the game, saw them come into the league, watch them shine in the game, and now they've moved on to life after hockey. The 7-Eleven Overtime Podcast gives us a chance to catch up, tell some great stories, relive some great memories, and hear what they're up to today. Today's legend, a five-time Stanley Cup champion, the Habs' first overall pick in the 1969 NHL draft. 11 seasons with Montreal, four more with the Quebec Nordique while they were at the WHA. Habs general manager from 1995 to 2000. He continues to serve as an ambassador for the Montreal Canadiens to this day. A true Quebec hockey legend. Pleased to welcome to the show, Mr. Rejean. Rejean, welcome to the show, my friend. Good to see you. Merci. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be able to talk to you today. You know what time it is? It's time to crush your cravings with 7-Eleven Cravables, like their world-famous taquitos, fully loaded nachos, hot from the oven in minutes 24-7 pizza, and the one and only Slurpee. They'll deliver it straight to your door before you can say, Hey, dude, have you seen my phone? Get 7-Eleven delivered fast, 24-7. Use promo code FREE7 to get $7 off your first two orders of $15 or more on 7Now. Download the 7-Eleven app. So what are you doing now? You're, you're working as still as an ambassador for the organization. What kind of stuff are you doing on a day-to-day basis? Oh, that's pretty much it. Uh, I go to the office in the morning and... Uh, and just to make sure that uh, we have all the communication with the, our alumni. We've been having a lot of alumni who live around Montreal, but, but also uh, pretty much everywhere in uh, North America. So when they need something, they come to the game. We have a, a Salon des Anciens, they call it. So it's, a, it's a, a, an alumni room where we meet uh, all guys from all, I would say, from all the times that uh, Montreal Canadiens been around more than 100 years now you know that yeah so so it's okay i, I feel good working with within the organization uh, taking care of the alumni people and uh, we have a foundation also and the foundation for us is very important we raise money for kids so we're pretty uh, pretty happy with that it's interesting Rajan, when you talk about the montreal canadians alumni because I'm of the age where I grew up watching some of the legends of the game. And yeah. Mr. Beliveau, Jean Beliveau, was my hero as a young man growing up. He was mine too. That's my point. You're a young guy growing up in the small town of Rouen, Naranda. The yeah. Montreal Canadiens select you first overall. And now yeah. you walk into the dressing room and there's Le Gros Bill, Jean Beliveau. What? Yeah. It gives me just chills saying it. What was it like for you as a young I kid? Feel, to walk I feel room? the same way too. <laughs> I, have, I had the privilege when I, I was drafted in 1969 and Big Jean was still playing. And in 1971, we won the cup and the, that was the last year of Jean Beliveau. So he was our captain and we won the cup that year also before he retired. That was great. My timing was unbelievable. <laughs> Hockey was easy for you at that point. Eh? You, you step oh, in as a young boy and you win the cup. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I, we, we won the Memorial Cup in 1969, and two years after, I won the Stanley Cup in 1971, and two years after, I won another Stanley Cup in 1973. So things were going pretty well with, uh, with all those uh, good years that I had. Henry Richard was my captain for the second Stanley Cup. I know, which is amazing to me. Like, we throw out these names, like uh, yeah. Frank Mahovlich, Jean Ferguson, Yvonne yes. Cornwayer, Henri Richard. Yes. How long did it take, Rajan, before you started to feel like, okay, I'm not just a young guy working my way in here, but I actually, I'm part of this team. Like, how long did you feel that way? Yeah, well, it took maybe two or three years. After winning the second Stanley Cup, I felt that more, we were, I was doing a bit more. I had more ice time and I could do a bit more. And uh, and uh, I was very close to Henry Bichard. The Jean was gone, but Henry took over as a captain and winning the Stanley Cup in '73 before he retired himself. So it seems like from one hand to the other, I could find a member of Hall of Fame. Do you know something? In one year, we had ten guys who are member of Hall of Fame on the same team. Which is ten amazing. guys. Uh, we had. Uh, uh, Ivan Cournoyer, Henry Richard, Frank Mahavlic. Uh, we had uh, Big Tree, Savard, yep. Robinson, Lapointe, Ken Dryden and Nett, and on and on and on. So we had 10 guys who are members of all of fame on the same team. And Rajan, I'm happy to say that most of the guys you just listed, we've had on the show, which is fantastic. It's been a great opportunity to reminisce. You mentioned Ken Dryden. I want to follow up on him because he came yeah. in with you at the same time. So here's this yeah. kid who's who was playing at Cornell. Of course, we all know that he went on to be a, a lawyer. Very, very smart man. He only yes. played six regular season games after True. leaving Cornell, and then he stepped in. What was it like to see this young kid step into that situation? Well, first, we we knew that he was different, you know, like goalies, pretty much, they're all different a bit, you yes, know? Yes, that's true. Uh, so he was more as an, an, an intellectual, and he was um, he was very quiet. Yeah, he, in, the, in the bus or in the plane, he was always reading something about, I guess, uh, lawyers uh, stuff and all that yeah. stuff. So, <laughs> so it, took, it took a little while to get closer to him. But uh, I can tell you that when he came in, stopping all the puck that he did against Boston Bruins at the time, who were stronger than us, really makes a big difference for us. I'm telling you, he was a hell of a goalie. He was everywhere. was tough. Like, you know, he, he knew where the play was going. So he could stand himself the right way to stop the puck. And he was a big guy, too. So having uh, Kenny with us would makes a big difference. And that was one of the reasons why we, uh, we won the cup that year. Yeah. Yes. A true legend in and of himself. It's interesting. And we should point out on this. And one of the things that always breaks my heart about this is um, you guys, all these legends that we mentioned, you guys, you guys played at a time where my God, if you were playing in an era now, the kind of money that you could have recouped would have been insane. There just wasn't that kind of money in the national hockey league that year and after you won your second Stanley Cup there yeah. the, the World Hockey Association the WHA was in the province of Quebec and you had the Quebec Nordique there which wasn't far from your home yeah. and there was an opportunity to make 
a little bit more cash. Tell me how you made that decision to leave an organization, the Montreal Canadiens, the most storied franchise in NHL history, after winning two Stanley Cups to say, you know what, I got to take care of my family. Exactly. You got it right. I'm telling you, in, in a way, I did not want to leave. But the money was there. It was not big money like today. But even then, at the time, being able to go from uh, Montreal to Quebec was not too far change for us. And being able to buy my first house because I just got married in 1971. And so, uh, so being able to uh, get $100,000 uh, uh, right in front. Which and, was double uh, so, what you were making with Montreal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was a double. Exactly. The, so, so for me, I had to go. I had to go for for secure my family at the time. And two or three years after, uh, Sampola came and talked to my agent, and he said, "If Rajan wants to come back, he's welcome to come back in Montreal." So, uh, so I talked to the wife, and uh, we decided to uh, to go back to Montreal. We had three kids at the time, and uh, we had to make sure that the family grew uh, the proper way. And uh, here we go. We came back and we uh, we won another four Stanley Cup in a row. I won three of those four because yeah. the one in 78 that we beat uh, Philly in 1976, I was not there. I was still in Quebec. Yeah. What was it like to try to explain that to your friends when they said, Rajon, you're leaving the Montreal Canadiens to play for the Nordique because there were some rivalries there. Oh yes, that, that's for sure. But at the beginning, that was they were not in the same league, so yeah. they were. It, it was different. They were they were trying to build because of Bobby yeah. Hall, who makes a big difference. They they finally get the league going, so that was not the same same kind of approach when we play against. Uh, we start to play against the Quebec Nordics in 1979, if my memory is good. Yep. And uh, so that was different ways, I would say, to look at it. But uh, for me, being able to come back to Montreal was the decision that I took. And I think, really not I think, I'm sure I took the right decision for my career. Yeah. Yeah. What's it like at that point as a young man, having won a couple of Stanley Cups at that point, having played with the Quebec Nordiques, uh, who grew up in a small town of Rouen, Aranda, to, yeah. to be walking the streets of Montreal. Like I could imagine that you couldn't have gone anywhere without people pulling you aside and grabbing you and want to ask you a question and stuff. Yeah. People were very nice. You know, they were, they were close to their team. Like they are today. Still today, they're very close to their team. We have, we're lucky. We have a uh, great fans here in Montreal yeah. and, and you could see that year after year, even when some of the years are tougher than others, we have young family, we have young people wearing our sweater, our hat, and it's, yeah. it's, it's uh, we're still pretty close to our, to our partisan, fans in English, yeah. <laughs> our fans. So, so th th this is a good, a good way to have a, a living in Montreal, having people coming and see you and talk about hockey and all that. We, we all enjoy it. Yeah, no kidding. In conversation with five-time Stanley Cup champion, Rajon Houle. So, as you mentioned, you know, you had the two cups. You go to the WHA and play it for the Nordique. You come back and you win a cup in 78, 79. Sorry, 77, 78, 79. Yeah. And Scotty Bowman was running the bench at the yeah. uh, legendary. You talk about legendary players, the Montreal Canadiens, from, yeah. a, from a coaching standpoint, one of the all-time greats, legend. For sure. Amazing. What was it like to play for him? 
You know, Scotty, where he was, I think he was the the best best in the league. Is that when he was getting behind the bench and the team the, and the game was tiring, he knew exactly what to do and where to go with this player, depending on the team we play against. He was he was he was looking at other teams. He was studying other teams before coming to meet us in in uh, in our room. He was just making sure that he knew everything about all the players from the other team and the way they were playing in their, in their, I would say, a situation, depending the situation, power play or a short-ended goal uh, and all that. He was, he was thinking hockey all the time. So when, when the game was coming, he was ready. And we had to be ready ourselves too, I can tell you that. So if not, you were at the end of the bench and uh, goodbye, buddy. <laughs> that was Scotty. He was yeah. he was your best friend if you were doing the right thing. I, I remember I remember yeah. being on the ice when guys won the Stanley Cup with Scotty Bowman, and and I'm trying to get players to say nice things about Scotty, and they say he's a great coach, and that's where they stop because <laughs> because there was always tension. <laughs> well, you know, at, at that time, uh, communication was not that great. You know, <laughs> yeah. So like communica communication was very short, very short, and uh, you could. Uh, it, it was uh, tough to uh, engage a, con a long conversation with with Scotty. Uh, he was not like it's. He didn't do that for a bad reason or something like that. It was not just like his uh, temper was that way, yeah. and he was coming to see you. Uh, when he was coming to see you, oh, better be ready to take what he had to tell you. I can tell you that though. <laughs> You must have some great memories. I mean, it's amazing because we talk about the fact that you won five Stanley Cups, which as you say those words, it's crazy, especially for guys in the modern era right now where it's it's so hard to imagine teams having dynasties. I mean, we've seen the Blackhawks do it, the Red Wings more recently yeah. as, as well, but it's so much more rare than it was during the times of the big uh, Montreal Canadiens runs. What were some moments that stand out in your mind during that stretch for you? Uh, which was a moment. Uh, I have to say that the first Stanley Cup uh, being with uh, with Jean Bidouveau uh, and Henri Richard and Ivan Cournoyer and Serge Savard and uh, uh, all those guys there. I was only 20 years old. I was just coming in, you know, and being able to live that special moment for me was i guess the best thing that happened to to me in my career and where i felt that i finally made it and played with a team like montreal canadian what was it like to share those experiences with your family it's not like when you played it's not like we had the the time now where you can bring your family is onto the ice and stuff like that it was yeah. different back then but ultimately yeah, that was you know something you're right that was that was too bad at the time that we could not come to the rink with our kids uh, and we could not get on the ice with the kid except once a year at Christmas time. Mm -hmm. So I, the, the the way that it is today, it's a it's a different way. They can come with the family. They got things are going differently. They they uh, they mostly uh, uh, have a room and they can go and skate on the ice with their dad. And so so it's it's the approach is different for sure. But that's time. No time. Being gone, past is past. Today is different. 
What was it like, though, when you actually had the chance, when you finished your celebration with your teammates and the alcohol worried away a bit a little bit <laughs> and you got a chance to to share that moment with your family? What were some of the moments that that you got to share with your family that you can still remember now after all these years? Well, I, I've got a got a picture of the kids with the with the Stanley Cup. They are they're about as high as a Stanley Cup, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so it's a it's a very nice souvenir, and being able to have them on the ice with with the Père Noël. Uh, so I would say Père Noël in English. It's uh, uh, Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Come yeah. on, <laughs> I should practice my English a bit more. No, no, no. That's all, you're doing great. <laughs> So with Santa Claus and the kids and the family and go on, on the ice at Christmas time and the Molson family, they were very close to us. Yeah. Arthur Molson, the senator was there and Mr. Eric Molson also. And now Jeff Molson took over. So it's a, it's Molson family has been around a long time and they're very good to us. Very good. You had a great run with the, with the Molson organization after your retirement, you retired in 1983 as and I keep saying yeah. this is a five-time Stanley Cup champion. And mm -hmm. then you worked with the Molson organization for a while. And then you returned to join the Montreal Canadiens. They, they got off to a rough start in the 1995 season. Serge yeah. Savard, uh, legend mm -hmm. of the game, was the general manager. And Jacques Demare, the head coach. And they were both ousted. And you were brought in and with Mario Tremblay. What was yeah. that like to come back into the organization after all those years? You know, I, I felt that uh, after I retired in 1983, most of the time when I was working with Molson, I was working for Molson, but I had like the privilege to be also close to the team at the time. Mm -hmm. This is where Mr. Corey uh, decided to have an alumni room and an, an association and all that. So I, I was just like getting in from Montreal Canadiens to Molson, from Molson to Montreal Canadiens. So it was about in the same, I would say, same area. Yeah. You know, I was ar around the team all the time. So, so, the, so that was not for me. That was like just a continuities of the, my career, really. But such a responsibility, Rajan, to step in there now to be the general manager of one of the most storied franchises in, in NHL history. What was that like to feel to take on that burden? Uh, that was uh, something special, really. You know, it, it took me a, a little while to get back on track. And even then, I would say that, I, you know, I would have need more experience to be able to do, a, to, a, to do that job because it's a big job, I'm telling you. And it was at the time in 1995, we had, um, we had the change at the NHL also. A lot of changes were going at the NHL level also. So everybody was involved. We had a, a strike, I think, if I remember well. You had Gary Bettman taking over as commissioner in '93. The big lockout, the strike. Exactly. All the yeah, all that stuff. So yeah, a lot of things happened with not experience that I have. I did not have that much experience. So that was that was a tough uh, a tough time a tough time. But there's there's nothing easy in life. So that was. I had to go through that, and I did. You know what time it is? It's time to crush your cravings with 7-Eleven Cravables, like their world-famous taquitos, fully loaded nachos, hot from the oven in minutes 24-7 pizza, and the one and only Slurpee. They'll deliver it straight to your door before you can say, hey dude, have you seen my phone? Get 7-Eleven delivered fast. 
24-7. Use promo code FREE7 to get $7 off your first two orders of $15 or more on 7Now. Download the 7-Eleven app. The Overtime Podcast is proud to partner with Athletes Care, the preferred sports medicine clinic for legends in hockey and all other sports. Athletes Care is proud to be celebrating our 25th year offering sports medicine services in downtown Toronto. In addition to physiotherapy, our service offerings include massage therapy, chiropractic care, medical acupuncture, orthotics, and orthopedic bracing. The Athletes Care team consists of the best sports medicine doctors and specialists that have been responsible for the treatment of athletes at the highest levels of competition, including athletes from the Olympics, the NHL, NBA, and Major League Baseball. When you need rehab for a new or chronic injury or pain, go to where the best go. Athletes Care Sports Medicine Clinics with 24 locations in the greater Toronto area and Ottawa. You got handed one of the the most difficult hands of anybody's ever been handed before. I remember this real clearly. It's in December of 1995. I think at that point you were maybe six weeks into the job and it was a rough start for the team. That's why there yeah. was the change. And um, you're, you're now kind of middle of the pack of the team, a 500 hockey team and in comes Scotty Bowman leading your former Habs yeah, coach, yeah. leading the Red Wings, which were a freaking powerhouse. Oh, what was oh, that yeah. like having Scotty Bowman, your old coach, in the building on that night? Oh, that night was a hell of a night. That was a Patrick one night also there where we had problems within our own team, you know. And Scotty came in and I'm telling you that Detroit team was ready to play against us and they were just at all after us, we were not in the game. They were leading everywhere. Yeah. And I remember that night very clearly. I mean, Patrick was clearly not on his game. He, yeah, Patrick, yeah, what we're talking yeah. about. And and the Montreal Canadiens fans are phenomenal. They're special. But they also have huge expectations. And when yeah. Patrick started a little a couple of soft goals and he knew he was having an off night, he was doing the sarcastic, you know, wave the yeah. salute to the fans and then he started looking at the bench, who yeah. at that point, Mario Tremblay was behind the bench. He'd given up four, five, six goals. And Patrick, you could tell, what was your impression of, was Patrick basically saying, get me out of here to Mario Tremblay at that point? I don't know if he was, uh, he would have said that, 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 but I guess uh, the way things happened, he felt that he should be out of there. And uh, the coach decided that they should be just stayed in the net, so. So, uh, so that was the situation, and that uh, it was was tough situation for both guys at the time. Yeah, and it became very difficult. And I think what made it even more difficult for hockey fans who have been around for a long time, they know, um, yeah. in a number of cities, this is not just true in Montreal, but the Habs, oftentimes the Habs ownership and the management team, and for that particular night, Ronald Corey was sitting right behind the yeah. Habs bench. And finally, when Patrick got pulled, Patrick came out after nine goals, he went straight to to Ronald Corey and said, "That's it. I played my final game with the Montreal Canadiens." What was it like when Ronald Corey had to share that with you to say, "This is what Patrick has just said to me." How did that play out afterwards? You know something? I don't remember exactly. I was like, and uh, uh, I was. Uh, how could I say that in English? Uh, there was so much going on on the same night that there's yeah. some of the point uh, that happened that I don't even remember right now. Yeah. 
So Bob Sove, um, the who was the agent at that point for Patrick, uh, you met with him and Patrick. Was it the next day, or how did that play out? That was uh, that was the next day. Yeah, I remember that was the next day. Yeah. What did what what was that conversation like with you? And was was it was that situation taken out of your hands? You know, I, I, there's. Some, um, I don't know exactly how I would say that, but uh, that was like, uh, we decided to have a conversation and the, the, that conversation would stay with us. And it's been like that all the way until today. Yeah. And, uh, and I feel that it's better to leave it that way. Fair enough. Fair enough. That was a difficult time. And of course, Patrick Waugh at that point ended up getting dealt just four days later, which is a tough spot to put your young general manager in at that point. But you you weathered the storm and you were there for another five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you talk you talk about your children. Jean, one of your children, Jean-Francois, went on to play some hockey. He actually got drafted by the Montreal Canadiens in, in the fourth round, spent yeah. most of his career in the minors, but he's back in the organization now. Yeah, he's back. To, uh, he, he's been coaching all everywhere in the United States and uh, Clarkson University for a while. Then uh, he coached uh, in the Junior League in Quebec uh, also. And uh, he's been uh, working a lot on his coaching way of doing things. And it's he's pretty good at it. Things are going pretty well with that. Is Jean-Francois coaching the Laval Rocket right now as the head coach? Yeah, he is. He is the head coach of the Laval Rocket. Yeah, he is. Which is the minor league affiliate for the Montreal Canadiens organization. What's it mean to you to have your, I don't want to say your little boy, because he's not a little boy anymore, but no, your son following up now through the ranks, potentially, you know, he's got to be a candidate for the head coaching job in Montreal if and when it becomes available. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know how, how the future is going to be. But uh, he's happy to uh, to work there now in Laval. We have a nice crowd there. It's going to the game, new building, all facilities for the players and the, and their families. And he's he's happy with that. And uh, he tries to get the players ready for the big team. So that's that's pretty good. It's a good challenge for him. Are there times, Rajan, we're in conversation with five-time Stanley Cup champion Rajan Noel. Are there times where you kind of pinch yourself and say? I can't believe all the amazing things that have happened through my time with this organization. <laughs> yeah, you can say so. Yeah, there's so many things happened over the years. That's true. But 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 when you are with a good organization, you can you can have you can live well and make sure that things are going fine for, from what you have to do. So and I had that privilege at Molson with the Molson family and also. Montreal Canadian hockey team that I dream I dreamed to play for that I did very very good organization so when you have that that's a very good start to be happy and to have a, a good life and this is exactly what happened to me thanks God how do you explain how do you explain the tremendous dynamic history the tradition that the Montreal can like all our other organizations every organization is trying to do this I remember when the forum was closing and you're moving to the to the to the new building and yeah when all the former captains were there and the passing of the torch that entire ceremony yeah. over the years there's new people running the organization and yet that seems to stay consistent that out of all those ceremonies this is the organization that knows how to handle it best how do you explain that 
I don't know, I guess from one person to another uh, within the organization, the value is uh, very important to have a good good way of life, a good thinking, uh, doing things properly with the community, with all what is around the team also. And I think we uh, we find we, we did keep that from from one generation to another, and we tried to transfer transfer it to the younger guys who are in the team right now. And playing with Montreal Canadian, I feel it's a privilege. It's a very good organization. If you want to go ahead and do it, good for you. And uh, I felt I felt very comfortable over the years that uh, our organization helping others foundation to raise money for the right situation kids especially when you see young kids going on the ice you feel that the new generation is there and they're proud to be wearing our sweater so all that together means that other people who are coming in they get within the, that situation yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I really appreciate all your time this morning, Rajan. It's been phenomenal catching up with you. And you look fantastic. You look like you're in great health, which is great. I want to play a little something before we say goodbye. We call it Five Fast Facts. I'm going to ask you five quick, fast questions, and you give me the answers. Okay, you ready? <laughs> okay, let's go. Okay, who was the best teammate that you ever played with? There's too many of them teammates that I played with. They all they were... I would see it in reverse. <laughs> which one? Which one who did not accomplish what they had to? Not being with us, being with us. So, no, I cannot tell well, tell one guy. That wouldn't be fair. I wouldn't be fair. fair There's too many. Okay, of who those. was the best coach you ever played with? I think I know the answer to this. Uh, Scotty Bowman, for yeah. sure, for sure, was the best coach of all the players who played for him. <laughs> who did you hate playing against the most? Uh, Philly, especially uh, when they had that intimidation time there in 75, 76, 76, 77, those years. I thought that they were uh, tried to uh, How do we say that in English? Intimidate. Intimidate. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. What was your favorite NHL city to play in other than Montreal? Uh, the original six teams, I would say most of them. Yeah, Chicago was some ice surface was were different, you know. Yeah. Some 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 had the smaller corners. Some are, was was not as long as others. So um, Boston was unbelievable when we you used to go to Boston. Boston Maple Leaf Maple Leaf also in Toronto those years that was unbelievable. No, the original six team that would say that was the fun to play against. If you hadn't played, you were a little boy from a small town in Quebec. If you hadn't played in the NHL, what do you think you would have done as a career? I never thought about doing nothing else than being a hockey player. At the time, coming from my small town there, my father was a miner. And uh, I wanted to get out of uh, my hometown, not because I didn't like it. I liked the town itself, but to be able to prosper, to, to get better, to get to go higher to do to prosper yeah yeah pro so i had the chance to have a a, a guy like jacques laperrier gilles laperrier mm -hmm. and uh and claude ruel who came and get me in my hometown so that was a, that was a turning point of my life and it worked out phenomenally well turned out to a spectacular career with five stanley cups Ray Jean, 
It has been so great talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time. I'm so glad you're still with the organization as an ambassador. You're a tremendous ambassador to that organization. Thank you for this. Merci beaucoup. Thank you very much. Five-time Stanley Cup champion and former general manager of the Montreal Canadiens, Jean Poulin. The Overtime Podcast is proudly presented by 7-Eleven and Athletes Care. Before leaving the ring, order your favorite slurpee, fresh 100% premium Arabica coffee, hot premium pizza and wings, a pint of ice cream, or even a carton of milk, a dozen eggs, local bread from the 7 Now app and Team 7-Eleven. We'll have your order ready for pickup 24-7. Athletes Care is proud to be celebrating their 25th year offering sports medicine services to both elite athletes and the general population will require rehab for a new or chronic injury or pain. Go to where the best go. Athletes Care Sports Medicine Clinics with 24 locations in the greater Toronto area and Ottawa. Hey, if you missed any parts of the show, don't worry. Visit our website at overtimepodcast.ca where you can both listen and subscribe to future shows. 7-Eleven's Overtime Podcast can be found on the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, iTunes Podcast, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Until next week, I'm Gino Retta saying so long, hockey fans, and thanks for joining us on the 7-Eleven Overtime Podcast. You know what time it is? It's time to crush your cravings with 7-Eleven Cravables, like their world-famous taquitos, fully loaded nachos, hot from the oven in minutes 24-7 pizza, and the one and only Slurpee. They'll deliver it straight to your door before you can say, Hey dude, have you seen my phone? Get 7-Eleven delivered fast, 24-7. Use promo code FREE7 to get $7 off your first two orders of $15 or more on 7Now. Download the 7-Eleven app. The Overtime Podcast is proud to partner with Athletes Care, the preferred sports medicine clinic for legends in hockey and all other sports. Athletes Care is proud to be celebrating our 25th year offering sports medicine services in downtown Toronto. In addition to physiotherapy, our service offerings include massage therapy, chiropractic care, medical acupuncture, orthotics, and orthopedic bracing. The Athletes Care team consists of the best sports medicine doctors and specialists that have been responsible for the treatment of athletes at the highest levels of competition, including athletes from the Olympics, the NHL, NBA, and Major League Baseball. When you need rehab for a new or chronic injury or pain, go to where the best go. Athletes Care Sports Medicine Clinics with 24 locations in the greater Toronto area and Ottawa.